Amen. As you remain standing for the reading of God's holy words again to Bishop F.C. James, the family members and friends that have come with Bishop James, we are so grateful to have you as a part of our worship service. Amen. Bishop, we love you so very much, and we want our radio audience to know how honored we are to have this opportunity to honor him on this day. This is the year 2017, and in this year, we here at Bible Way have called it the year of God's supernatural favor. This is the second series of messages that we've shared this year. The first was the testimony of Abraham that talked about the faith journey of Abraham. This is the testimony of Joseph. The series is entitled, just one word, Beware. Beware. This is the third of four messages in this second series entitled, Beware. Somebody ought to just say, Beware. Beware. Hear the reading of God's word, Genesis chapter 40, verses 21 through verse 23. And for a clearer understanding of the text, we've chosen the New Living Translation to read from verse 21 he then pharaoh then restored the chief cupbearer we will refer to him as the chief butler as the king james does pharaoh restored the chief cupbearer the chief butler to his former position so he could again hand pharaoh his cup but Pharaoh impaled or executed the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. Here's where the subject is found. Verse 23. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph. Never giving him another thought. <laughs> and the church that loves God's word said amen. Before you sit down, reach over and catch someone by the hand. And Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, listen to what it says, forgot all about the man that spoke life into your dead situation. You were in prison, man about to give up and an anointed young man with God's favor spoke into your dead situation and you have since been delivered and you forgot all about Joseph never giving him another thought squeeze those hands look at someone and say beware of users you may be seated in the presence of the Lord Lord have mercy when the favor of God is on your life there will be all kinds of people who will try to find them, their ways into your circle the favor of God is on your life. There will be haters, as we said in sermon number one. There will be seducers, 
as we said in sermon number two, and God knows there will be users. Somebody say users. And I know, and I know, I must confess that sometimes I, I have been put in this category that it is difficult. I'm not talking about the category of users. I'm talking about this upcoming statement. This category of having a difficult time to believe because you are so generous and because you are so kind to everybody and you try to help so many people, sometimes we have a difficult time believing that there are some people who are simply just users. I'm preaching now. They told me to take my time to preach this. We had church this morning at 8, and, and I just, I, I, I need you to hear this. Look at somebody and say, just users. I know it breaks some of our hearts sometimes to think that people we thought loved us, loved us for our stuff, and loved us because we could do something to help them. Oh, but when the stuff ran out, I wish I had just one witness. Some people you wouldn't ever see again. Somebody shout, users. Users. When we speak of users, we're speaking of selfish, ungrateful, always needy people who seem to always expect others to do more for them than they would ever do for somebody else. You know people like that, don't you? Folk that always have their hand out to receive, but never extend their hands to help. Somebody say, use us. Some of them are close to you, and some of them share your genetics. Y'all know where I'm going. Use us. Always know how to find your number when they need something, but can't find your number at all when you need them. Somebody say, use us. Listen, I, I've come to realize and to believe that the spirit, and yes, it is a spirit, Bishop James, the spirit of ungratefulness is a very toxic spirit. That's a horrible spirit. The spirit of ungratefulness, you know people like that, it's toxic. It not only impacts the individual who is ungrateful, but that spirit contaminates the whole atmosphere around them. Ungrateful folk will ruin the atmosphere. I said to the church this morning, sometimes you've got to watch who you invite in your atmosphere. Sometimes we can't help it. You ever woke up one morning feeling good on your way to work, just smiling and singing and praising God until you get in a room full of naysayers and negative folk and and, and before you can sit down, they're already dumping something on you, already telling you how bad things. Oh, child, it's going to be a rough day. You better watch out. And before you know it, all your spirit of joy has just evaporated. 
I wish I could preach to some folk with some real testimonies. You were feeling all right until you encountered this naysayer, ungrateful, selfish user always seem to be down on somebody else. They will ruin the atmosphere. They will ruin what God is trying to do in your life. And I'm here to tell you that they exist in every aspect of life, on your job, in your family. And yes, God knows this is the truth. Up in here, up in here in church. There are some folk that you ought not even want to sit by because just uh, their whole aura is negativity. Come on, you, you came to praise God and, and to glorify God and you, and you sat by somebody and everything emanating out of them, everything that's coming out of them seemed to be negativity. Child, have you heard this? Have you heard same person singing again? I like nobody else can't sing but them. Some folk, you just want to say, shut up and go find your seat in the hallway. Am I right about it? Negative about everything. Can't ever think of anything good to say. And these people are usually the most ungrateful. Here's what the Lord said to me as I was putting this message together some time ago. He says, if you want to know if someone is a user or not, just take note of how rare they use the words thank you. Uh, somebody got that. You, you want to you determine if somebody in your circle is a user or not, just think about how rare they use the word thank you. And usually before they said thank you for the first favor, they're already back trying to get another favor. I, listen, in Luke chapter 17, Jesus tells the story of 10 lepers. And Jesus says there were 10 lepers and all 10 of them uh, were infected with the disease of leprosy. All 10 of them came and fell down at the feet of Jesus and asked to be delivered. All 10 of them left and as they were going they were made clean but only one returned to say thank you isn't that a shame only one 10 percent returned to say lord i thank you the others went on about their business never to acknowledge the lord again but thank god for the one who said i had to come back I could not go any further before I gave God some praise because I understand if it had not been for the Lord, I wouldn't be here. Now here's the good news. All ten were cleansed, but only one was made whole. God says if you're grateful, I'll not only clean you, but I'll make you whole. Somebody ought to take about ten seconds just to thank God for all the things God. Has it been good to you? I want to make sure I'm in the right church. Has God been good to you? Can you just take just one brief moment to thank God for all the goodness that God has bestowed upon you? And if it, I know you've got degrees and 
I know you got a little money and a little prestige and a few titles behind your name, but let me tell you, when you were on the other side of the track, God was still making a way out of nowhere. And if God had not been good to you, somebody ought to tell him thank you. Somebody ought to say, I had to come back. I don't see how folk can sit home on Sundays. I'm preaching now. As blessed as they are, sit home knowing that God has made ways out of no ways. Bishop James told you, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I've already come. Grace that brought us thus far and will carry us on. God has been good to you. God has brought your family from a mighty long way. Listen, we are only a couple generations removed from sharecropping and chicken feet and fat back. Come on, y'all. Maybe you didn't grow up on that, but you know somebody in your family that God brought. You hadn't always been this blessed. You went to college and your family couldn't afford to give you money for a meal plan. Your meal plan was greasy chicken in a brown bag. And they would tell your cousin, drive this up to Columbia. Take it over to Benedict Island so that you can have something to eat. But thank God for grace and mercy that knows how to turn a bad situation into a good situation. And the devil is a liar. God deserves my praise all the time. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. Tell somebody you owe God a praise. I know sometimes we get so dignified, we don't want to outwardly express our emotions, but God knows how grateful I am. Well, you don't say that at a football game or a basketball game. I went to Lawrence High School girls game Friday night. My niece, the great coach of Lawrenceland High School girls, Diamond Hornets, the game was tied with with three seconds left, Bishop James, girl from Laura Richland put the ball back and one at the buzzer. I saw folks shout and jump that I said, I didn't even know you had it in you like that. I saw folk all in the balcony who were too reserved to wave their hands in church. But Greta, I understand. I was happy myself. I was thrilled. But let me tell you, I saved my best praise for when I come to church and think of the goodness of Jesus and for me. Tell somebody at least one Sunday out of the year you ought to lose your dignity. Just lay it aside. Come on. You can be cute after one o'clock. But at least one Sunday out of the year you need to go back to the old time ways. Go back to old country church where folk used to clap their hands and stomp their feet and say God has brought me from a mighty long way Woo. may I take my time and preach this listen most users seem to have a sense of entitlement you know people like that. Somehow they think you owe them something. 
most users somehow think you are obligated to help them and get downright mad if the church doesn't pay their light bill riding around in a Lexus and a BMW with rims on it and with Gucci shades on and $75 fingernails and $200 weave all up in your head. Y'all picked the wrong Sunday to let me preach this. And get mad because the church won't pay your light bill. Sell your weave. Don't put no nails on next week. Get rid of that beamer and get you a hoop day and pay your own light bill. Folk ain't obligated to help you. Users. Oh, y'all, can I still preach it next Sunday? I've known folk to leave the church because the church didn't pay the bill the 10th time. Not one through nine, but the 10th time. And got mad and left the church. But thank God for folk who know that God has been too good for me not to give something back to the Lord. Somebody say users, people that think you ought to help them, regardless of the fact that they've never done anything to help anybody else. But hold on for a minute. God knows what he's doing. In our text, for the next fleeting moments, in our text, Joseph's testimony is once again unfolded in the pages of this sacred text. In last week's message, Sermon 2 of this series, we witnessed Joseph being thrown into prison because his master, Potiphar's wife, lied on him. A seducer who tried to seduce him, tried to get him to do something that went against his godly principles. Joseph stood up for what was right, and as a result, he paid a horrible price. He once again loses his freedom simply because he was a young man that chose to do what is right. Uh, for simply standing up for what is right, Joseph finds himself now incarcerated in a dungeon, in a prison sell for righteousness. But what the enemy did not know, what the adversary seems to not be able to figure out was that although Joseph's situation had changed, God's favor on his life remained the same. How many of you know that God's favor is not relegated to your situation. It is not predicated on where you end up. <laughs> you can have your back against the wall and the enemy think that they've done you in, but somehow David puts it this way, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days 
of my life. Joseph ends up in prison, but the favor of God is right there with Joseph. Take note of what the Bible says in the 39th chapter of Genesis, verses 21, 22, and 23. The NIV translation puts it this way. It says, the Lord was with Joseph. Look at somebody and say, God was still with him. Tell every demon in your life, because your location has changed, doesn't mean God's favor is not still. They may get you fired, but you will be the most blessed unemployed person the world has ever seen. How many of you know God will still be with you? The Bible goes on to say he showed him kindness and granted favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Let me help you understand something. When Joseph was in the pit, God showed favor from uh, Judah, the brother of Joseph, who said, don't leave him here. Let us get him out. When Joseph was in Potiphar's house, Potiphar put him in charge of everything. Now Joseph was in prison. And here goes favor. Wherever Joseph goes. I'm telling you something right now. Favor will follow you. Uh, wherever. Can I preach this? Do I have time to deal with this? Well, Moses puts it this way in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Moses says, you're blessed going in and blessed going out. Blessed in the field and blessed in the city. Moses says, and all these blessings shall follow you and shall overtake you. What the demons in your life don't realize is that wherever you go, favor will show up. If they lock you out of the house, favor is there. If they put their foot on your neck, favor is there. If they lie on you, favor is there. Folk don't understand how come you're still blessed having gone through what you've gone through. Look at somebody and say, if they only knew that God's glory follows my story, you'll catch it tomorrow. Wherever your story takes you, God's glory will already be there. And so when you're out and folk are trying to do you in, glory shows up. When the devil lies on you, glory shows up. When your family puts you out, glory shows up. When folk in the church act funny, tell somebody glory shows up. Look at what the text says. He found favor with the prison warden. So the prison warden put Joseph in charge of everybody in prison and made him responsible for everything that was done. The text reads, the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. I want to let you in on something that the demons in hell don't realize about you. Wherever you go, 
whatever you do God will bless you you don't have to have a title or a position or even be a supervisor or own your own business God will make you the best Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said if you sweep the streets be the best street sleeper the world has ever seen before tell somebody I'm blessed going in and coming out anybody know you are one blessed somebody I need all the blessed folk just to get on the devil's nerve take about five seconds to jump to your feet and say I'm blessed and highly favored Bless. Somebody say bless and highly favored. Woo, y'all sit down. Tell your neighbor, say you don't know it, but you're sitting by one bless somebody. I may not look like it because I don't look like what I've been through. You don't know it yet, but I am one bless somebody. Don't judge me by what's going on now. God's got a blessing with your name on it. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Oh, y'all better sit down before a praise breaks out because somebody's about to put a praise on the fact that God is not through with you yet. Look at somebody and say, get ready, get ready. Although you're in a dark place, although you're going through a valley experience, but God's going to use you where you are, and he will use you to bless somebody else. Listen, while in prison, the favor of God was on full display. There were two individuals in that prison who had a high and important role once in Pharaoh's administration. One was the chief baker, which simply meant he not only cooked, but he tasted everything, make sure that the king was all right. The other was the chief cupbearer. King James calls him the chief butler. He was in charge of everything that Pharaoh would drink. And he handed the cup. Cup went from his hand to Pharaoh's hand. Touch no other hand. But they found themselves in prison. Whew. While there, they had a dream, both of them, one night. Thank God for favor. Uh, Joseph, young man in, in prison interprets their dream he tells them i can tell you what god wants to say what god has to speak into your life somebody ought to thank god for favor hanging around you people that know how to get a prayer through joseph calls the baker say to him i saw the dream and yes you will be 
lifted from this prison, but you will eventually be executed by Pharaoh. You're going to lose your life. I hate to tell you the bad news, but the anointing speaks the truth no matter how it sounds. And so the baker, you can imagine, left there feeling kind of bad, knowing that my dream does not predict something well for me, but it actually predicts my demise and my execution. Then Joseph turned to the cupbearer, turned to the butler, and he says to him, I've got another set of instructions for you. God showed me your dream. God's going to deliver you from this prison and he will fully restore you to your former position of authority. God's going to bring you out of here in three days. You're going to be restored and once again Joseph says you will place the cup in Pharaoh's hand. God's going to do something great for you. And then the text turns in an interesting way. Verses 14 and 15 of the text, Joseph does something I had not seen him do to this point in his spiritual journey. Joseph pours out of his heart his own distress. You can feel his own pain. Verses 14 and 15, Joseph turns to the chief cupbearer and says, and please, the Hebrew word used in this is not just a polite please, but it meant that Joseph says to him with passion, please, whatever you do, when you get out of here, remember me. I need you to do me one favor because I shouldn't be here. I haven't done anybody wrong. I was kidnapped at 17 and brought to Egypt as a slave. I served my master Potiphar and his wife lied on me. And I'm, I'm here, but I don't deserve to be here. Joseph said to him, Dr. Mary Helens, please just remember me. Remember me. That's all I ask you to do. I don't need a position. I, I, I don't need a title. I just want you to put a word in for me. But look at what happened next. Unfortunately, users don't think of anybody but themselves. I'm preaching now. I'm about to wrap this up. But users usually think of no one but themselves. And when users get to a position of favor, they don't pull anybody up with them. They only think of themselves. Verse 23 of the text will break your heart. Joseph in prison, the chief cupbearer has been restored. He's now sitting at the right hand of Pharaoh putting the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And the text says this, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer forgot all about Joseph. 
never giving him a second thought. How can you forget about the man who spoke life into your dead situation? How can you forget the anointing of a young man who gave you hope in a dry place? How can you forget about somebody who gave you optimism in the midst of pessimism? How can you forget somebody who lift you up from a valid experience? Imagine, if you will, how Joseph must have felt. Heartbroken. Felt bad. Imagine, if you will, what the enemy is now whispering in Joseph's ear. I told you you would die in this place. I told you nobody cares about you. I told you that I have you just where I want you. But I stopped by to end this message before Tuesday night. And y'all got to come back Tuesday night and I'm going to show you something. But today, God wants you to know this. Although Joseph's heart was broken. Although Joseph's spirit was crushed. Although Joseph felt betrayed and led down. Here's the good news. I need you to help me take this out. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, but Tell him like you mean it, but God had a plan. I stopped by to say something to somebody who's going through a valley experience. It may look bad. It may be dark. But I want you to know that the devil is a liar. Touch somebody and say, God has a plan. And I know the enemy is telling you to give up. And the enemy is saying to you that you are not be going through what you're going through. They're telling you to give up on God. But the devil is a liar. God's got a plan. Somebody help me declare, God's got a plan. Stand to your feet all over this place. Find somebody, put your arms around their shoulders. Say, no matter what it looks like. Hold on. Hold your head up high. Tell him God has his hands on you. And God's got a plan. Tell somebody it's not over yet. You may be still in the dungeon. But guess what? God is about to turn your situation around. I wish I had just two or three people that know that God is about to turn my situation around. Be not weary in well-doing. But in due season, you should reap if you faint not. I know you've been hurt. David said, I've been wounded in the house of a friend. I know people that are close to you at times use you and forgot all about you. Never giving you a second thought. But guess what? I start by to declare and decree. Job 22 says, if you declare a thing, if you decree a thing, it shall come. Sometimes you got to speak it before you see it. Sometimes you have to declare it. I need all my faith walkers to lift your hands and say, God has a plan for my life. Say, it's not over yet.
Say the best is yet to come. Listen, Marvin Sapp, in this altar call song, there's somebody here this morning, I need you to leave your seat, walk down these aisles, because you've been hurt, and you almost gave up. You thought about throwing the tower in. You've been hurt and used by people you thought you could trust. But Marvin said he sees the tears you cry. Ooh, he shares your pain inside. Ooh. And sometimes you wonder why. He allows you to go through what you go through. But look at somebody and say, just know he has his hands on you. Your days are filled with dark clouds even when the sun is out. And from the top of your lungs you shout, will there ever be a change? What shall I do? Please look at somebody and encourage them and say, just know he has his hands on you. He says he'll see you through. When you cry, he's holding you. So just lift your hands up high, for he will provide. Woo. Look at somebody again and say, just know this. He has his hands on you. Come on, Brother TJ. Come on, quiet. Walk down those aisles right now. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. He sees. Woo. Put your hands on your heart. Yeah. This is you and God. And sometimes. Sometimes. Come on. Somebody else. I want to pray for you. Those that are walking down the balcony, wherever you are, that's right, come on. Come stand, stand in these our ways right now. I just want you to know. Sing, TJ. Even when the sun is out, the Lord is speaking to somebody, right? And from the top of your shall I do? I just want you to know. He has his hands on you. He has his hands on you. Yes, he does. He says, and when you cry, 
Somebody, I know you're going through something. Sometimes you feel so alone. Have you ever felt that way? Come on, like a chair, yeah, yeah. Close with no home. Take that faith step and step away from your seat. Walk down the aisle, right? But you say, When, when will it end? When will it ever end? I just want you to know, just know he has his hands, he has his hands on you, he has his hands on you, yes he does, and when you cry, so just live Lift those hands. He will provide. He has his hands on you. Yes, he does. And when you cry, so. around somebody's shoulder the other night I was putting this message together Bishop and I had to stop and tears streamed down my face and the Lord reminded me some of my greatest hurt came from some people that I helped the most and it was hard to understand tried to figure out what could I have done different? People that I helped so much and loved so much and did so much for. God just reminded me that sometimes you're wounded in the house of friends. People that you've done so much for. And all they've done is hurt you in return. Make you feel as if you've done something wrong. But then Marvin Sapp's song came and God says, I just want you to know that I've got my hands on you. And before I ever let you give up, I'll remind you that it's not over yet. That God knows what he's doing. Listen, on Tuesday night, I'm going to share something with you. Three observations of this message. But I just want to share with you what the third one is. And we'll talk about it Tuesday night. The third observation says this. We should never forget... That God has a purpose for everything and everyone in our life. Even those people who unfortunately and selfishly uses us. God said to me, I've got a purpose even for your users. Joseph didn't know it, but the cupbearer would eventually speak up. Because it was in the cupbearer's interest. But that's all right. 
Sometimes God uses the ill intent of people who don't even mean to help you. But God has a plan. Tell somebody God has a plan. God has a plan with your name on it. And if you can just hold on and don't give up, everything is going to be all right. He has his hands on you. He has, he has his, his hands, hands on you. Come on, tell somebody, God's he got his hands on you. Encourage somebody. Yeah. When you cry, Yes, he will. Oh, he has his hands on you. Yes, he does. And when you cry, so just lift, lift those hands. He will provide. He has his hands on you. It's all right. Tell somebody it's going to be all right. You won't be in this place forever. You won't be here long. God is about to turn your situation around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God is about to turn it around. God is about to turn it around. Yeah. Sometimes you got to celebrate in advance. Turn those arms loose and lift those hands in the air. He has his hands on you. Woo. Look at God. God is turning it around. And when you cry, just know this. Just know, come on, say it again. Ooh. Just know he has his hands. Yeah, stay there quiet. You. Tell him again. Everybody lift those hands and say, just, just know. know. Just know. Just know Ooh. he has his hands. Now listen, close those eyes. Every message this year, I'm going to talk about the need for that vertical relationship. The one thing that Joseph had going for him was that he had a relationship with his God. Because even when people hurt you, whoo, if you've got a relationship with God, he'll turn it around and make it all right. And if you're not sure about your relationship, if you're not committed to something greater than yourself, the reason we join churches and commit to something greater than us is because we want every enemy in our life to know that this is bigger than us. This is about you and God. 
Some of you, God has been encouraging you for a long time to take that next step. And I'm hearing God say right now, take that step. Make a commitment. And watch even during your valley experiences, even during the rough times in your life, God will have his hands on you. Close those eyes. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this third message of this series. All of us perhaps have been hurt by those that we've helped, folk that have let us down, done nothing but break our hearts. Ah, but I'm hearing you say, hold your head up high. It's not over yet. God has a plan. God, you have a plan with our name on it. You, you, you have a plan, God, that will lift us from the dungeon. Your plan will deliver us, set us free. And even our enemies don't know it yet, but you're not through using them to help us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do. Touch someone that's viewing by way of internet. Touch someone listening by way of radio. Remind them not to ever give up. It's not over yet. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, we pray. Those who know it is so said amen. Find somebody, put your arms around them. Say, God has a plan with your name on it. Just know. If you want to make that commitment, you want to join the church, maybe you want to recommit your life to the Lord, come on, stand right here. Come stand. God's calling you. Just know. Come on, somebody else. Just know. Just know. Thank you. Look at those that are coming. Man, entire family. This young man said he and his whole family. God bless you. Come on, by the way, clap those hands. Just Others are coming. Just know. Somebody else, God's calling you. Just know. Just so, want you to know. Just know that vertical relationship. When, when you get that straight, it doesn't matter what happens horizontally. Just know. It's well with God. Somebody else, step out by faith. Wherever you are right now, anyone else. Come on, by the way, let's clap out. Somebody else is coming. Is there anybody else? Somebody else is walking down the aisle. Come on. Give God a hand of praise. Look at all of these that are coming. Come on. Look at God. I just want you to know. He has his hands on. Look at God, someone yes, else. God said it's not over yet. 
God says, I'm still doing something. I'm still doing something right now. Is there anyone else here? It doesn't matter what you've been through. Amen. Clap those hands and give God a hand of praise as we go. He has his hands on you. Yes, he does. And when you cry, come on, clap those hands. Look at all of those, all of those that are giving their life to the Lord. Come on. Oh, he has his hands on. Go encourage somebody before the benediction. Tell somebody he has his hands on you. God's got his hands on you. It's all right. You cry. Just know. Stand for the benediction. Bishop F.C. James, Mother Betty Ann King, all the family members and friends that came with Bishop James, you honored us with your presence today. We thank God for a living legacy, a legend among us, 94 years old. It reminds me of Caleb. His voice is just as strong as what it was 30 years ago. Amen. God bless you, Bishop. On Tuesday night, come back. God says it's going to be special because, because we're going to do something. We're going to take a Job 42 experience. We're going to pray for our users. The Bible said when Job prayed for them, God turned his situation around. So whoever, there may have been some people who hurt you in your past, bring it to the altar. Amen. I just want you to write their names on a sheet of paper. Nobody would ever see it. And just put it at the altar and we'll put it in the box. And we're going to pray for them. We're going to touch and agree that God bless them. And as you ask God to bless them, watch God bless you and your family. Amen, somebody. Lift those hands. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord protect you. May the Lord allow his smile and his face to be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen. God bless you.